0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Holy Spirit, I pray that the words that I've typed up and prepared this evening is of you. Cast out any words that didn't, do not line up with you, Lord. Cast out any thoughts that are not of you, Lord Jesus, the words that I speak tonight. Let them rest on ears that can receive it. <laughs> soften that heart so that we may, we may go and seek you even further, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, good evening. So, start off with a little testimony time. Start off with um, Heather's, my wife's testimony last Sunday in the realm of finances. Very quickly to summarize it, she had a little prayer. Basically, she was trying to work out her own timing, what God had promised. And then when she repented... And she waited on God's time. Of course, in the mailbox, we received those two IRS, IRS checks. So God, our Jehovah Jireh, always, always comes through. So I'm going to backtrack and give you a little bit of my testimony prior to that. It was um, closer this summer, around, I would say, September-ish, getting back to work. Um, got my first paycheck. You know, just like Christmas, a little extra spending because Sasha came down and budget was a little bit tight. Not that, a little disclaimer, not that we're not good stewards, but you know, when you budget it and then there's a little extra spending, going somewhere, treating a very large family to dinner, and you're picking <laughs> up the tab, it kind of goes away really, really quick. And the last thing I wanted to do was put something on a credit card because. Towards the end of the week, I, I wanted to go to a church event. Not here, somewhere else. But I was like, eh, can I make it? Because I'm not, I'm not going to have gas money. So I said, I, I, put a, I, I prayed. And I said, Jesus, I claim, claim your promises. I sent forth those angels to procure those finances because I wanted to attend. Procure those finances so I'm able, able something. to go. However, okay. Next day, I didn't think about it, and uh, however, I was like, eh. checking my bank account, extra trip back, and I'm like, ah, I really don't want to spend it and put it, gas up my car in the credit card. So I was like, ah, I probably won't go. Towards the end of the day. Pastor Mark, I received a text, hey, John, by the way, men's meeting. Hope to see you there. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I guess I was meant to go. I wanted to go, so I did end up going. Next day, just like Heather's testimony, after my prayer, I come home from work, and what do you know that's sitting in the mailbox? Two checks, one to Heather, one to me, (laughs) that the school board had been negotiating with the union, and we got our bonus checks. So I could list off a little bit of of all, uh, list off testimonies of how God has his hand in our lives. But those are the two tangible things I just want to bring up. Because even though I can proclaim and say, hey, God has worked miracles from years ago, even to now, and I know even into the future, there's hiccups down the road. So how did I go from August, September, we just finished CFO, that's that summer Christian camp retreat, right, being on fire for God, then come December when PT asked me to come here, all right, uh, to talk tonight. And just like I always do, I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what am I supposed to speak about tonight, <laughs> all right? Sometimes... Um, I get quickened to speak about a particular subject. It's instantaneous, sometimes. It takes a day or two, but usually it's downloaded. The Holy Spirit downloads something for me to speak about. However, this time around, ooh, not so much. Oh, no. And I just kept asking you know, praying, and just wondering why God didn't really respond. Well, just like I said, after after that um, men's meeting that I went to, work got into play. Those mundane things in life start to creep up, right? Well, think about the late hours at work helping other people, chores. Next thing you know, it's December, Christmas, kids, wife. And I'll be honest, I had a block in my prayer. I had a block in my relationship with God. So a few months ago, I could recognize, give a testimony of how God had his hand in my life. And all of a sudden, I can't even hear him. I can't even feel him. I'm asking, and I'm like, it's a privilege and honor to be here, to speak his name and give him glory. But yet, how can I not hear from him? And so I had to step a moment and go, what am I doing wrong, right? Now, I'll kind of talk about it a little bit later as I speak. But let me go through how I finally got um, a revelation on what I'm talking about tonight, because I was driving and I still kept asking, getting closer to this date. So I've, one day on the drive to work, I just pulled up my app, listened to a daily devotional, listened to a scripture, really listened to that scripture, meditated on it. And then I kind of heard or I got quickened to talk about my struggle, how I went from giving a testimony, how my prayer manifested in the spirit into the natural world, and asking what to talk about tonight, and I can't, I feel separated from it. So let me give you a little recap of how that came about. So when I listened to that devotional, and God quickened me to talk about why I struggled to hear from God, to hear from him. I heard in my heart what Pastor Tom has repeated over and over again in Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek ye, the, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God, Right? and everything else will be added onto you. I had asked God to reveal something to me so I can speak about it tonight. However, I did not seek him wholeheartedly. Of course, I went to church, Bible study, listened to sermons, attended events, yet I wasn't really seeking him. I'll get to that missing part in a bit, that started to change, but. When I had trouble hearing from God, my relationship had a block. My spirit wasn't being refilled and more or less was being drained away little by little in everyday mundane things. Being filled with the spirit is a continual and purposeful work. Not at the day you receive salvation or the day you were born again and then that's it. No, don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit Spirit resides in us, but how much of yourself, your body, your vessel, do you allow him to fill? When does the Holy Spirit manifest? Only on Sundays? Where does the Holy Spirit reside? A little corner of your heart, because it is loaded up with the junk of the world? Does the Holy Spirit manifest only when everything is going great or when your pockets are plentiful? Ask yourself, because I had to ask myself too, how much is the Lord shown through your words, your actions, or your thoughts? Do you call yourself Christian? Worship and praise on Sundays, yet you are just like everyone else in the world. In Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he <laughs> talked about this as well. It reads, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Didn't Pastor Tom last Sunday talk about you being in the light in the gross darkness? Do you speak life or death over your situation? Try this. Have you ever said something like, I'm always going to be broke. Yep, my daddy was an angry man. My granddaddy was angry. I bet you my son is just gonna be like me, angry. Have you repented when you spoke those things? If you did, great. If you haven't, have you stood in the gap to break that generational curse? Is your prayer life still only about your wants or needs? So when my spirit was being drained away, I didn't even notice. But the important people around me noticed. My wife, for one. But I shrugged it off because I was doing the same things, like I did before when things were going fine. I did absolutely the same things. But as my spirit was drained, it also affected me physically. I was constantly tired and lethargic, playing catch up with all the projects and jobs I had to do It became this cycle, and I was a person you really didn't want to be around. This baby Christian, again, going up and down, up and down, up and down. Terrible. Understand this. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and lie, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and curse. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit, Spirit, cheat, scam, and take advantage of other people. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and talk behind someone's back. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and be tired, lying in your bed, sleeping. Because if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your purpose is to bring glory to your Father to be out there laying hands and preaching the gospel and bringing people to him, not lying in your bed. Pastor Tom, time and time again, prays for us to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled to the brim. But if you're full, even the devil's temptation, no matter how good it is, there is no room Like, oh, sorry, excuse me. No matter how good it is, uh, the devil's temptation, right? Like right now, I'm running on a little bit of a few hours to sleep, but the Lord God powers me. It's not my physical self because I know I'm here to glorify his name. So I'm going to cast that to the side because I have a job. I have a job to speak his word and truth. Now, There is no room for temptation to be taking a nap in my bed, even though I want to. There is no room for that temptation to invade my temple, my body, because I have given it to the Lord. This is why everyday Christians, believer, believers, and I'm going to include myself in this example, we will face adversity. We will sin. We will be tempted because we have a portion of God in us little portion. Sometimes it gets bigger and bigger, but we really don't owe, we don't have the fullness of God. So good things, good thing as we seek him, the Holy Spirit through Jesus, we are constantly being perfected in his will. Like it says in John chapter 14, verse 20, God in Jesus, Jesus in me, and I in him. Look, I don't know about you, but I need God. I need Jesus. And I need his angels to help me resist the wiles of the devil. Look around us. People have turned to their temptations, and their lives are in a complete turmoil because of their feelings. Imagine and think that they were easily swayed, easily swayed by the little devils and demons. Imagine the little G.O.D. of this world coming at you. Do you have enough about you to withstand him? A lot of people can't even make it all year long to the gym. And you expect to stand up to these little demons because, you know, 2023, new year, new me, you're out there full of gusto, and all of a sudden, something hits you, you cramp a little bit, muscles ache, eh, and the gym goes off in the wayside, right? So Adam and Eve couldn't even resist the devil when they were in the presence of God. Can you really tell yourself, You can withstand the attacks of the world and the little devils and demons on your own. I know I can't. A little bit of reproofing. Check what kind of believer or Christian you are. Does God's word speak over your life? Does God's word manifest in your life? Or does your own logic trumps what is written? Look at unforgiveness. The word says, you can fill it in, but yet you do what? Even though you're knowledgeable, it says do this, but in your heart you say, oh, they did this, you relive it. See, your own logic is trumping God's word. The season when I was separated from God, my own thinking made more sense. Than what the Father says. So think about when Jesus said, Depart from me, as he never knew you. As I lost a little bit more of the Spirit, I was moving further away from the vine. I worship and profess his name, but my personal relationship suffered. Let's go back to the start when I had trouble getting an answer to my prayer. I was separated from God. I was not receiving his message because I was caught up in the everyday mindings of life, right? You wake up, you brush your teeth, you go to work, you come home, you make dinner, put the kids to bed, go to sleep, do it over and over. Now, But when I had a morning devotional and I received God's word, did I begin to hear him? When, when I purposely became still and seeked His Word, I sought Him out. I began to cast out the noise of the natural world. So when I heard Scriptures, it started to fill up my spirit. As the days progressed and I had more Scriptures, it reminded me of things I should be doing, keeping His commandments, and abiding in Him. If you look at John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus replied. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. I am reminded time and time again, Pastor Tom talks about opening up the Bible reading it, filling yourself up. Why? If you're not filled up, there's a separation. Guess what? Think about what infiltrates your minds and thoughts, slowly sneaking little by little, you know, make an excuse about why it's okay to miss that day of church. And then the next week, you second guess the effort making it to church, and you're still in bed. Next thing you know, you don't realize how far you have strayed away. Lost sheep. Don't fall for that trap. It's the little things, mundane things that are a trap. Danger is when God's word becomes irrelevant and your own logic trumps his. Think about how much time we give other things. Football games, TV shows, binge watch. Netflix and chill. We put reminders when the game is on, set our DVRs. Yet, when it's time to read the word, it becomes an afterthought or when it's convenient for us. Hear this. In Psalms chapter 119, verse 130, it reads, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Do you wonder why you feel departed from the Lord? Well, it's when you don't feed your spirit man. Without your spirit, your natural man will see sickness. I became worn out, irritable but look at when I called on to the father, he listened to my cry and answered me. Make an investment in yourself Mm -hmm. and your relationship with God. Use a monetary analogy for a minute. You make a deposit and cures interest, grows and multiplies. And you see it grow. You give a deposit, interest, the seasons. there's a lot of growth, sometimes not so much, and then there will be a season afterwards where you're able to make withdrawals from your investment to subsidize, subsidize something in your life, right? Take something, let's make that analogy, take something, deposit, not just in the natural, in the spirit, so that when you need it in a different season, you're able to withdraw from it. My prayer to send forth angels to procure money from the wicked and move them into my storehouse, right? Under the right conditions, in a good market with continuous deposits, you can receive an increased amount in your return. In the finance world, your ROI or return on investment. You read scripture, deposit them in your heart. You speak God's word. you harvest fruits in the upcoming season. <clears throat> like some of you, there are seasons when my withdrawals were very minimal. The cause I didn't make I didn't make many deposits in my investments, in my relationship. As much as I recognized earlier in my testimony how God has a hand in my life, There are moments I do feel separated from God. What can I attribute that to? I don't hear God's words. What did I do wrong? Simple, simple answer. I don't read the Bible as much or even at all. Sure, I listen to TCBC on a weekly basis. I also listen to sermons and teachings online. Not knocking anything from that, they have definitely helped me to mature and grow, but the bottom line is, I have to grow beyond these godly shepherds. I have to connect to God on my own, my personal walk. These anointed shepherds, including the Holy Spirit, who is the lamp onto my feet, can show me the way, but I have to pick up my feet and walk this out on my own. The church can help usher me, push me in the right direction, but I have to find my own road to salvation. I will say this again. The reason I felt separated and not hearing God's voice is that I did not read the Bible enough. Now, I am guilty of this. If you ask me to read, read anything, it becomes a chore. I treat it like I'm in school, that I'm going to be tested in it. So when I read the Bible, it's like cramming all this information, flip through it, right? Cramming all this information like I'm going to be quizzed, and I'm supposed to utter it back like it's going to be a a test or a quiz. My approach was completely off. Mm -hmm. Yes, it did work for a long time where listening to different pastors helped give me revelations, but you know what? I was growing vicariously. As a young believer, being born again, I was being taught by their experiences how to pray, how to worship, and so on. But in the last few seasons, I haven't felt that exponential growth in my personal relationship with God as I've done in the past and experienced in the past. Sure, God still quickens me in instances when I pray over someone, I can recognize when the Holy Spirit is anointing my words. But there have been many instances lately that I have felt dry. And do you know why? Again, it's so simple. I don't read the Bible myself. I don't read it on its own. Sure, I'll go to the Bible if I have a thought, and I go to in search of Scripture to back my thoughts and ideas. Reading on its own, though, or reading it to draw closer to God, not so much. Let's go talk about how to go about reading How to go about reading the Bible. First mistake I made in attempting to read the book is to liken it to a school setting. I approached it in a formal academia setting, the Bible, an informational text, primary and secondary sources with a biographical account. Wrong, 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 wrong. It is a spiritual book, a sanctified account of God's own words, God's own words. Right off the bat, I have to, and I had to remove the lens of how I looked at this book. It's more than mere words comprised of letters inked on a piece of paper bound in leather. Visualize right here ladies and gentlemen, that these words are God's own breath. As if I speak it, I utter it audibly because it is meant to be said out loud. God will perfect himself in me as I activate my power, my power to establish God's will here on earth. When God made a decree, it came to pass. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God breathed into the dust and creates man, life. If you look in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed into his disciples and they received the Holy Spirit, power, life, power. Make that connection. Track with me for a second, because of the Holy Spirit, which resides in us, you, when you repeat and utter God's word from the Bible audibly, right, you are repeating repeating the decree of the King of Kings. It has to come to pass. When you read the scripture, you are not reading mere words. You are breathing life in you, in others, in your atmosphere, giving life to your spirit man. Recognize it is God's own words speaking as and as you continue to read it out loud, it becomes a conversation conversation with God. You cultivate that personal encounter with God. So that was one of my mistakes that kept me from reading the Bible. Here in the West, the Bible is ubiqu- ubiquitous, you can literally find it anywhere. Even in the drawers of a hotel room in my house, there are old ones, new ones, small ones, right? Different translations. But think about centuries ago. These scrolls, scrolls, they were sacred. They were guarded. Even sacrificing uh, sacrificing one's own life to protect it. These books, the Bible, sometimes their value has diminished. For me, it was just a book. I have the Bible app on my phone because it's convenient to pull up and search things. But because my phone has multiple uses, reading it on my phone has caused me to lose the sacredness of the Bible. So when I read it, it ends up just me reading it without the breath of God, just words and letters. So when I do open the Bible, the good book, the hardbound book, am I being purposeful? Am I creating a mindset ready to receive? Am I creating a personal encounter with our Father? Let's also look how I read the Bible. Am I reading for knowledge and feel good about myself because I can memorize the verse, the chapter, and the book? Or I can feel and look important because I can quote a scripture? Or am I reading it to receive revelation? Do I just go to a Bible study and follow along in the Bible? Or do I read it to stir the Holy Spirit? Do I read it to stir the Holy Spirit? Look in Galatians Chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you end up sinning? Ending up as the wayward sheep, not reading the Bible check this. If I read the scripture and apply it, apply it in my life, it helps me live a righteous life. I glorify his name and I find, I find salvation and power. The less and less I read it on my own and rely on my pastor and others, my path will get off track. Do you want to haphazardly find your way into heaven? Or do you want to make sure you enter into heaven's gate? The scriptures have a roadmap that fork on the road. There's only the, the only path. There's only one path that leads to Jesus. Scriptures is the roadmap. Let Jesus have Lordship in your life, and let Him perfect His will in you, and you will meet. Jesus in heaven. Are you reading the Bible because that's what we're supposed to do? That's protocol. Yeah, I have done that. Yeah, I read it. Or did I open up the scripture to talk to my Lord Jesus? Did I read it and flip the pages? Or am I having a conversation Reading reading the Bible makes me knowledgeable and I can definitely quote scriptures but those are just words sometimes but if I live out God's word then I have God's nature Again Pastor Tom quotes Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 right so, how do you live it? Do you seek the kingdom of God? Do you seek it first? Or do you seek your own? That's the question you, lo- uh, you have to ask yourself. I'm going to bring up 1 Corinthians 13, verse 48. We know this one, love is patient, love is kind, etc., How do you respond to others? How do I treat my wife? Reading the Bible, reading the scripture with intent to breathe life into my soul is vastly different than reading it and following along in church or reading it and flipping pages. Reading to fill up your spirit, man, so when you need to respond, you don't just quote to remind yourself. You live it out. You don't speak it. You show it. Tithing. Scripture says 10% and giving your first fruits. You know, first learning about it and reading about it. You make yourself do it. But it changes into a spiritual law that you abide by because it's in your spirit. You no longer have to feel uncomfortable about giving up your money, but recognizing in your obedience and opening up your hand to give, you leave it open to receive. So let's reiterate. I read the Bible not to gain knowledge, but to breathe life into my spirit. I am making a distinction between reading the scriptures, not scriptures, Reading God's words, His own breath. You got to change your mindset. You got to change the lens. You could take out your glasses and look at it differently. You're not reading it, you're breathing life into your spirit. We continue to read the Bible because we love our Lord and we want to build our relationship to even greater heights. We read the Bible because we want it to change our nature. We read the Bible because God's word has power and authority. We read the Bible because it becomes part of us. In closing, I felt distant from God when I didn't read the Bible. My relationship started to fade. When I did read my Bible. I only read scriptures. However, when my devotionals became purposeful, when I read God's word, the words of the living God that is clearly here and present, and I read the Bible to breathe life into my spirit, my heart grew fonder, and my relationship with the Lord turned back into a love story my witness in the last month or so. Instead of just reading 1 Corinthians 13 scripture or being reminded of it, I read God's word and I let it grow in me. I reread it purposefully and I'm purposefully living it out. My marriage has improved drastically. Lord Jesus, I give you lordship over my life. I thank you for this church, this house, the anointing in here. And I just ask you, as I pray over anyone who's listening here, to meditate on these words and to seek you, Lord. Seek and continue to read and change their perspective. And just grow fonder. We open up our hearts to make room for you, Lord, even more.